Hey everybody, welcome to Smashing Game Time. I'm your host, Nick. No Jake, no Josh this week. That's right, it's just me. They have the week off, so I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to have the show's first interview episode. And who better to interview for that first spot than Black Shinobi 956 He's a variety streamer who I met playing XCOM Chimera Squad uh, over a year. Oh my god, it's been like a year and a half now. And uh, he's also in game dev. He's made some indie games. We talk a little bit about that. We talk about his time streaming. We also talk about just like gaming memories in general and some things about him growing up around gaming. Uh, And he also had a recent trip that we talk about. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview. I had a lot of fun doing it. I hope you have just as much fun listening to it. Uh, Before we get into the interview, though, some housekeeping. Trident Network podcast, as always, go check out our siblings. They're all great. Smashing Game Time is wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere. Do us a favor. Please go leave kind words, five stars, wherever you get your podcast. It's a great way to help the show. Great way to get us out to more earballs and eyeballs out there. So please, five stars, kind words, wherever you can. For the 4th of July week, we have our Game of the Year, well, sort of, coming up. Uh, we're basically, it's Game of the Year, but in July, we wanted to, you know, a lot of stuff's come out in the last six months, so we just wanted to have a chance to sit down and talk about it. I always felt like, anytime I've listened to any Game of the Year stuff, that first half of the year always feels like stuff's kind of, you know, it's not recent, it's not in everyone's mind, so it kind of falls off unless it's like a banger, like something like Elden Ring last year. So we're going to do that in July. Look for that the first week of July. We're going to be recording those soon. So keep your earballs ready for those. So um, Black Shinobi956, good friend, known for a year. Hope you enjoy this interview. Yeah, and here we go. You and I, I was trying to do the math of when you and I met. I want to, was it, was it late 21 or early 22? I think it was late 21. So I remember you had rated my stream. And back at this time, I was really trying on Twitch. But I would always go back and, like, look. I had a friend who used to do this, and I started doing it. He would go back and look and see if he could figure out why he was being raided. And so I remember you were like, oh, is this guy? Who's this guy? He he looks like he's a VTuber. I don't rock with VTubers. He's like, oh, no, he's a he's a normal guy. Okay, we'll raid him. <laughs> <laughs> VTuber, I just, VTubers are okay. I think it's more of... Anytime you argue with someone on Twitter that has a an, usually an anime profile picture, you're usually going to end up having a bad time. And so I feel like I kind of <laughs> carry that over everywhere I go, which is totally not the case. I, I know some good, nice VTubers who are nice people. Um, yeah. So that was that was a bias on my end. Uh, what was was it? It was Chimera Squad, right? XCOM? Uh, I think it was when I was playing Chimera Squad. I th- yeah, I think yeah. it was because it was yeah, a random was night that I was like, I'm going to play this. And I'm really bad about committing to a series. So it might have been the one time I streamed Chimera Squad. And I was like, oh, this guy's playing it. Let's raid him. And then um, that's it's, everything's been magic from that point forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so let's I mean, let's get right into the questions. I, uh, first one. uh do you, what, what, what was your first game? Do you have like a first gaming memory, like one that you look back at and you're like, yeah, that's, that's like the fir- very first one that comes to mind. Absolutely. I, I, I brought visual aids. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember growing up, I had this Sega Genesis <laughs> in okay. my room. And I, I don't remember how I got them, 
and I got this Nintendo Entertainment System in my room. And I had, on the Sega Genesis, I just had Sonic 3D, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sonic and Tails. And on the NES, I had these exact five games. Are those the ex- those are the exact one. copies? Those are the exact yeah. Copies? These are the exact ones that I had. What are the, they? The main one that I played was Super Mario Three, um, and Super Mario Duck Hunt, of course. Oh, the 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 uh, <laughs> the, uh, the collab, the Mario Duck Hunt collab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I had Star Soldier. I'm not sure how popular Star Soldier was. I don't think I've ever heard of Star Soldier. It's, uh, there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> well, we know it's not a first-person shooter, so it's probably probably like a 2D, like, side-scroll shoot. Contra, it's a Contra, probably. Yeah, it's like Contra. It's ex- um, then I had the, the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they're all, like, small. Like, they're, they're tiny turtles on the screen. And they all have the red bandanas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then just the generic soccer. Just generic soccer. Just soccer. This game was... Two dollars from this would have been from Game Crazy when I got it. Game that's a name I haven't heard in a while. The fact that you still have the original copies, like I'm kicking (laughs) myself over all the cartridges that we've sold over over the years. Like my brothers, if you ever talk to any of them, they'll always bring up how I sold. Like Josh will bring up how I sold his copy of uh, Shinobi or whatever the Shinobi sequel was. Night Vale, not Night Vale. That's a podcast. Uh, but they'll bring it up every time. And now I look back at certain things like, mm, I, we should have held on to that. That might like the memories, but also like that's expensive now if we want to go get it. Yeah. I feel like for our generation, uh, stuff like that, like game cartridges, game discs, DVDs, Blu-rays, like that's the stuff that we're going to leave behind for our kids to deal with. You know? <laughs> Cause what? it's kind of disgusting. Like, Hey, if you have, it's kind of disgusting how it gets monetized. Like every other day you hear about how someone like is talking about like their Pokemon cards and like, Oh, I had that one. That's now like a hundred thousand dollars. It's like, Oh, like, you know, can't, can't I, can't we just have it because we enjoy it? Like, can't I just hold on to this? Can't I hold on to this copy of Crash Bandicoot two because I loved Crash Bandicoot two and not because I think I'm going to sell it one day for $300 for some reason. Absolutely. Oh, Everything man. I've ever held on to with the intent to sell later has always just not been worth anything. <laughs> right. I've got a I've got a so when they pulled Titanfall off of Steam because of all the issues with the online play, I bought a sealed copy of it for eight dollars off eBay. And I was like, I'm gonna hold on to this, but I know deep down in my soul that that's probably my kids when I'm gone they're going to find that and they're going to toss it because it's probably like going for two bucks on eBay <laughs> at that point. Right. But it's it's one of those games that I've made like an emotional I, I have an emotional string with it because it, I played college football. I tore my ACL and that's the mm-hmm. game I played the hell out of during my recovery. Uh, I think that kind of leads into um, my next question. So I'm constantly pushing people on that first Titanfall. Is there a game that you're constantly pushing on people that you're like, oh, you, you need to check this out. You have to play this. OK, so this is a really good question. And I overthink it every time because I'm like, okay, who am I talking to here? Is can they handle motion sickness? Like, can they can they move their head and body at at the same time? Like, are they able to operate 3D spaces? And like, is horror 
a deal breaker, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, my, my favorite genre is horror, but I also want you to have like a good time and maybe be slightly out of your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if it's an experienced gamer, I always encourage them to just sit down and play the first hour of Outlast. Uh, I feel like the f- the first hour of uh, really the first thirty minutes of Outlast is an absolute masterclass on how to do um, horror that's appealing to people who aren't into horror. But if horror is a deal breaker for that person, uh, man, Portal. Is great. Question: if, Have if they, they gone back and done that outlet? Have they gone back and done the first Outlast in VR? I believe they have, but Resident Evil Seven is practically the exact same thing. So, it's true. So. true. You know, it's funny so. you recommend the first hour of Outlast because I think I've only gotten through the first hour. Because what? That's it was, all who, you need. Who's that main? <laughs> who's the main baddie? Is that Chris Walker, the big guy? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He grabs you and he says the little fish and I get through like the first chase scene and survive and do well. And then I'm like, you know what? I got everything I need out of this. I don't need to go through yeah. the rest of this asylum. Yeah. It's literally just like three more hours of that. So it's, it's too much. It's too much. And and we have that game to thank or blame for all the rest of the horror games that followed. Yeah, man. it's horror is. The genre itself is just in a really weird place right now. It's a whole lot of walking simulators. and uh, There's still some good gems that come out here and there, but, mm. man. Speaking of walking simulators, have you played the demo that dropped, was it earlier this week or last week, for the Layers of Fear? Um, I guess you could call it a, a requel <laughs> that's coming out. Okay. Uh See, I I got beef with Layers of Fear. <laughs> so let's so let's hear this. Is, is it. it with like the actual game that's coming out, or like with the series as a whole? Just the I can't even say the series as a whole. I played the first Layers of Fear. I played it for two hours, and I just I can't stand it when I don't know why I'm doing stuff, mm. especially with horror games, right? Because to be terrified is not a feeling that I necessarily want to have. I have to be encouraged to have that feeling. I have to be intrigued in the story. And I just remember just being confused the whole time. And so I was like, I don't know what the hype is all about. I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> I oh, never he's went a, back. He's an artist. Oh, okay. He's painting. <laughs> okay. The paintings are messed up. Okay. I'm, I, I, I hear you though, because I'm kind of the same way with Metroidvanias and Souls games. Like, if I don't have a thread that's like, oh, this is injured, like, I'm on this planet because my ship broke down, or oh, I'm going through this castle because I need to kill Dracula. Like, I'd say my version of Layers of Fear is probably Hollow Knight. No matter okay. how many times okay. I start it, I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm a bug and I'm killing these other bugs. Like, <laughs> what am I doing this for? What is going on? So I yeah. totally, I totally get that. Uh, Definitely. Dude, you're really good at leading into my next questions. I think you're doing this on purpose. <laughs> uh, so uh, I kind of wrote this one a little weird, but uh, do you have an untouched game that you need to get to or like uh, kind of like your blind side? Like you're like, ah, you know, that 
this is a game I probably should play because it, I think I'd like it, but it's just collecting dust. I do. Um, there's several, of course. There's always several, but always. most recently, the Dead Space remake. Mm. The original Dead Space is one of my favorite games, and I just haven't made time to go back and uh, play the remake yet. And plus, I'm I'm a little more frugal now than I used to be, so like I'm I'm waiting for a price drop, you know? <laughs> right. Well, they don't go on um, sale unless it's Steam. Yeah, yeah. And okay, like the embarrassing ones that I feel like I should have played <laughs> as a gamer, uh, the Mass Effect trilogy. None of them? Is none of them. Well, okay. So I had answered this question uh, the first time we were supposed to do this interview. So in that time, I did go back and play like the first mission of the first Mass Effect, and I really enjoyed it. I just haven't gone back to it. Um, I'm going to be honest I with haven't... you, as someone who's played all three, and I'm going to catch some heat from this. I, the Destiny people hate me. The Ark people hate <laughs> my brother. The Mass Effect people are probably going to hate me for this. You can skip the first one. And be perfectly really? fine. You honestly, okay. you could just play two and be okay. Okay, that, <laughs> ma- that makes me feel good. That Maybe that's me, mean, but I think you can play two and just yeah, you know, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and who cares what the Destiny people think? <laughs> they, they're into Destiny, exactly. So their opinion went out the window when they got into Destiny. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. This is where you tell me you really into Destiny. You are like a light level three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no. I tried. I really tried looter shooters. I just there's none that's piqued my interest. It's the it's the same problem where the game's like we have all this cool lore, but it's not front facing. You kind of got to go out of your way to find it, and you got mm. you got to read all these wikis. And uh, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm good. Right, right. Man, yeah. I I get. I, can I just run down my list of embarrassments? Let's do. I you know I went down your Twitch page. I knew you had like a list of games that you were wanting to get to, but I wasn't uh-huh. sure how updated it was. But let's see if let's see how much of this matches up. <laughs> uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> None of them. Um, but my wife loves the gummy ships. So in college, I watched her S rank all the good. Is S rank an option in King? I don't know. She S ranked them all. It's really weird. She <laughs> likes I, that's the most like contested part of those games, and that's like her favorite. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, I'm a weeb, so, so <laughs> I, I would like Doki Doki. It's a lot of reading though. Uh, any Lego games like the the Lego Star Wars trilogy? I've heard great things about the Marvel ones. I've heard great things about, but I haven't gotten to them. Probably the most embarrassing one because I'm starting to get into Souls games. I've not touched Elden Ring. I have not played a single second of Elden Ring. When Elden Ring was out, I was really into Sifu, and I just couldn't just couldn't stop. And the last one is Final Fantasy VII. I I need to the original and the remake. Or I've played a little bit of the remake. The battle system is a lot for me. (laughs) I don't know if I'm just I don't know if uh. I'm getting old or what? But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like to turn off my brain and just have the turn based. Like I got into Chained Echoes uh, back in what was that January or February, and it was nice just to have that throwback turn based RPG. I didn't have I didn't have to move around a circle and tell my other characters what to do. It's just like oh no, I can sit down and plan this out. It's really nice. Yeah, 
Yeah. Sometimes so you, less is more. So if you had to start <laughs> one of those tomorrow, what would it be? Mass Effect. Mass Effect, okay. Yeah. I, I like branching stories, you know, so definitely Mass Effect. Once two hit, they really got the gunplay down. That and the okay. um, the inventory wasn't complete ass. Right. You had to, you had to <laughs> dig through the inventory on in that first one to find anything. It was just the most ass backwards thing, and you know, it, I mean, it's the closest thing to a um, oh, who is that? That's closest. It's the closest to a Bioware RPG we're ever gonna get again. Is that first Bioware or that mm. first Mass Effect? Right. Like, I'm still sitting over here waiting for Jade Empire too. I know it'll never happen. <laughs> I I know EA's like swatted their hand every time they thought about doing it, but a man can still wish. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see Beyond Good and Evil Two before we even get a glimpse of anything that would be like a Jade Empire two. All they gotta do is just get enough interest for a remake and hit the ground running. We need what we need is like a portion of that game to go viral on a TikTok before mm. TikTok gets banned in the rest of the states. Mm-hmm. And EA's like, oh my God, people really want this. But EA's also been burned. Like everybody wanted that Mirror's Edge sequel and nobody bought that Mirror's Edge sequel once they were like finally like, okay, here you go. You know it's crazy? I, I, I kind of I pla- go, go I ahead, sorry. That. I platinum Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I got the collector's edition. There's a statue back there <laughs> of Faith and her younger self. I, it was a it was a terrible game, but well, it wasn't a terrible game. It was a it was a six or seven, but I just really love Mirror's Edge. So I I got stick for a week and I just platinumed it. It was fun. I like <laughs> I like parkour games and I and I do like just having a game that you're sick with. Like, you're sick, and you're like, I'm just going to play this game while I'm sick. That was Bioshock Infinite for me. And I didn't okay. platinum it because they wanted you to play 1999 mode, and I'm not crazy. But <laughs> more parkour. More parkour games. Please. Please. Um, that, so, shoot, another You might have answered this with that uh, anecdote you just gave us, but uh, any standout memory could be in games, could be in general, honestly. Yeah, so, okay. I'm, I'm going to leave the option up to you. Uh, I have two. There's a story that I tell all the time, and there's a story that I've almost never told before. Which which one do you want? Can can we have both? Yeah, of course. I'm of greedy. Course. I'm greedy. I'm sorry. So I'll I'll start with the the younger one, right? Um, do you remember? You remember Amway? Amway, the Re- pyramid scheme. Yes, Amway. <laughs> I was thinking Cutco for some reason, but yeah, Amway was they were they the energy drink? Yeah, the energy drink, the the lifestyle supplement, mm. all that. My parents were in that, and so almost every weekend they were doing parties and selling people on the products, right? And I just remember my game store of choice was uh, Game Crazy, and it was connected to a Hollywood video. And one day I walked into Game Crazy, and they said they were having a Mario Kart Double Dash tournament. And I was like, oh, I love Double Dash. I'm old enough to enter. I just need a ride here, right? But, of course, it was on a Saturday, so my parents couldn't give me a ride. And, like, my parents, like, I wouldn't say they were overprotective, but it would have been out of character for them to, like, let me ride my bike to the store and go do this. But for whatever reason, they said yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so... So, like, the the tournament starts at, like, 2, and I'm, like, worried, right? I'm taking this really serious. I'm bringing my own GameCube controller. I had an orange GameCube controller. 
put it in my backpack. I get on my bike. I leave like two hours early and I get to the Hollywood video like an hour and a half before the tournament even begins. I put my name on the list and then I'm just like waiting and nervous. Right. And so but I don't want to seem nervous because I don't want to show weakness. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I like I go into the Hollywood video and every time I hear like the little the little bell ring. Um, I peek in to see if it's competition, and if it is, I'm like sizing them up. And mind you, I'm like, I'm like eleven, twelve, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm taking this way too seriously, right? But the tournament begins, and I am absolutely destroying all of my competition. <laughs> and we get to the final round, and it's me and one other guy on Rainbow Road. And I had been practicing the Rainbow Road shortcut all week where you just fall off the track and land onto another part of the track. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm thinking that this guy is really good, but I guess he just never practiced Rainbow Road because he was falling off all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) So... And so, like, I by the time the shortcut comes up, I'm so far ahead of him. Like, even if I fell off at the shortcut, it wouldn't have made a difference. So I do the shortcut anyway. I do the shortcut, like, three times just to, just <laughs> just to rub to it gloat. in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I beat him by, like, two minutes. And I believe the award, the reward was, like, a, a $20 Game Crazy gift card and, like, a T-shirt. And, yeah, it took... I took it and I left. How many, <laughs> you didn't even buy anything. You're just like I'm taking. No. It. <laughs> how many? No. How many entrants were there in this tournament? I think it was between like ten and sixteen. Twenty dollars just for six. And did they did they charge anything to enter? Were they like, all right, give us twenty dollars, <laughs> you're in. <laughs> I think it might. I don't remember. It might have been like a really low buy-in, like five dollars. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> the guy who planned it made good money then if he's only giving you twenty dollars in a t-shirt. <laughs> that was a success. That was the most successful day in game crazy history. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I used to love game crazy. <laughs> that and Funko Land were my favorite my favorite stops. Never been to Funko Land. Yeah, I think it was a it was an offset of GameStop or GameStop bought them at one point. It was just it was to me, it was always like the store outside of the mall. Okay. And so now every time I see a GameStop that's not in a mall, I get excited. But then I get sad again because it's just Funko Pops now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, de- it's depressing. <laughs> and then what was, your, what was your other one? So uh, the other one is actually how I, how I met my wife. Um, so it's ninth grade. Um, I, I see her, I notice her, I talk to her, but I don't know what to talk to her about. And like, somehow I found out she was interested in games and she, she was, a, I think she'd say she was a gamer. Um, and so the only game at this, at this point in my life, all I have is a GameCube with Resident Evil 4, Star Fox Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2. And Smash Brothers, right? It's a good library. <laughs> so, as soon as I find out she's into games, I'm like, "Oh, have you heard of Resident Evil Four? Because Resident Evil Four is my favorite game of all time, right? I've this is this is facts. I know it sounds ridiculous, 
but because it was the only game that I had for a long time, I have beaten it 150 times on the GameCube and 100 times on the Wii. So, so how many times I've played a lot of Resident Evil 4. Have you beaten a remake like 20 times already? <laughs> no, I just finished the remake on Sunday night. So, <laughs> so with your with your un, well, your totally biased opinion, which one do you prefer? I know you've had a little more time with the other one, with the original. That's really tough, right? I don't I don't think I would tell a new Resident Evil player to go back and play 4 first. I definitely encourage them to just play the remake. And then if they're interested, go back and play four. So I'd say the remake. They cut my favorite boss. They cut my fa- the one boss I was looking forward to. Tell me, tell me it's also my favorite boss. Tell is me it, which one. Is it you? Uh, what, what's his proper name? Is it you three? You three. You three. Yes. It's yes. Just, I was so upset. <laughs> it's just dripping with atmosphere. And I think, I think the thing is that it comes at a part of the game. That's kind of, it's kind of a lull in the middle of the game between the castle and the Island. So the yeah. fact that they drop you in a cage with this terrifying, like chimera looking thing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And yeah. so, I, I think I even bet Josh because I was like, Josh, I bet you they cut a boss. And he's like, no, probably not. And I was like, I bet you they cut a boss. And I bet you I know what boss they're going to cut because you can't cut. You can't cut the lake monster because it's so iconic. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else, like everyone else is just like, well, you need the castle end boss. You need the village end boss. You got to yeah. have that. You got to have uh, Sadler. So, I was yeah. Like, yeah, they're going to they're going to cut my favorite. I, and I love that. That's both our favorites. Yeah, man, I don't like. I don't want to turn this into a Resident Evil Four discussion. <laughs> no, no, you're totally, totally fine. I, I, I took us off on a tangent. I'm sorry, but like, the thing that I appreciated about U three is like it just felt different from all the other boss battles because how you beat him was a little different. It was mm-hmm. a lot of dodging and hitting levers. It, it wasn't just shoot it till it's dead, you know. But yeah, that's. That's just what I really appreciated. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was an environmental fight, and then also he kind of felt like a callback to like, hey, this guy looks like a Resident Evil boss. Oh, this guy looks like an OG Resident Evil boss. We're gonna, yeah. hey, you guys that like zombies and like weird body horror, we're gonna throw this bone to you. And yeah. then in the remake, they're just like, eh, fuck him, cut him, <laughs> yeah. get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. And I give the remake props for making the story make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I would have I would have loved to see you three. <laughs> Cut the thing in the they don't even know its name. Cut the thing in the cage. Get it out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, um sorry, yeah, so, I, I I uh continue with your story. I'm so sorry. That's, that's okay. That's okay. So <laughs> I find out she's story, in a game. beautiful story about meeting your wife, and I'm just like, you three, right? <laughs> so i find out she's in the games and the only game that i'm really playing at the time is resident evil so i'm like forcing resident evil on her but she just she's not into horror and i'm like come on let me just let me let you borrow my copy you have to play it if you borrow my copy right and so i i give her my copy and i check back in a week later and she hasn't even gotten out of the cabin because she's like too afraid right now i'm i'm doing this not knowing that she's like a i don't know i'd call her like a a a true gamer because like she had a video game sherpa who introduced her to like final fantasy 7 and like the the heavy hitters that are um much more generally beloved right Mm -hmm. 
And so I'm like, okay, I have the infinite ammo, uh, the Chicago typewriter and the infinite rocket launcher. If I give you those things, you can just run through the game and you can just enjoy the story, right? Enjoy the story. (laughs) (laughs) And so I give her my memory card. Mind you, I only have one memory card. And she still takes a month to be Resident Evil 4. So I'm just stuck playing Sonic Adventure 2 <laughs> with with no saves. <laughs> so, so like the, the first five songs from the hero side of Sonic Adventure 2 are just engraved in my brain and I can't get them out. I can I can sing them on cue like it's <laughs> can't clear room for anything else. They're just lodged in there. Yep. Yep. And so <laughs> after after a month, she finally beats it. And she gives me my memory card back. And, um, yeah, that's that's what kicked off our relationship. Her stealing my save files kicked off my relationship. And to this day, I'll be playing a game like I was playing Final Fantasy XV. I got, like, three hours into Final Fantasy XV. I got three hours into Horizon Zero Dawn. She'll just be like, this looks cool. I'm going to take over your save. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Wait that's... a minute. She just she comes in. You've played the tutorial, and you, she's like, yeah, I'll take this now. This is mine. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Question, follow-up question. So you still have, like, all your old cartridges. Do you still have that copy of Resident Evil 4 laying around? I have the copy of the game. I do not have the memory card anymore, unfortunately. That's okay makes me really sad <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the con like looking back the concept of memory cards is so like foreign to everybody now it's kind of crazy and just yeah like memory card economy and like i remember having gran turismo 2 take up like eight blocks on a playstation <laughs> one memory card but also not being smart enough as a kid to realize if i deleted one it deleted all of them Right, so losing right. like a big career mode after hours and hours and hours just because dumb kid deleted a single block and thought, oh, I probably just deleted like one thing. Deleted yeah. all of it. Yeah, man. It, there's just the concept of blocks of memory and not like gigabytes. Is, mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It's funny. <laughs> it's, it's always funny when you go back to like an old game and you're like, that game was huge. I remember it being so huge. And then like coming to steam and like, Oh, this is, yeah, I love this game. So like, I think one example for me is the Prince of Persia, uh, Sands of Time. Mm-hmm. One of yes, an yes. all timer for me. And I was like, Oh, that game's gotta be huge. I remember those levels and I'm looking at the steam page right now. Space required 1.39 gigabytes. So small. And it's just like, wow, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little baby file. Microsoft word might be bigger <laughs> at this point. Right. Runs like, butt on steam, by the way, I wouldn't recommend it. Right. And let then, me uh, let me ask you something. Okay. As as a man with kids, right? Mm-hmm. How how are you going about introducing your kids to games? So that's that's actually really fun. So he, uh, my son Gus, does have a tablet that he'll play. He plays this little game, and I don't know what it's called. I should probably know, but where there are these numbers and like there are little creatures like floating around the screen, and you got to drag them into their spot. But as you're dragging them, they're saying what they are. So like when he touches one, 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 one. And you think it'd be annoying, but it's actually kind of cute. And you're like, this game is adorable. And it's just teaching him these numbers, kind of teaching him some basic addition. But there's another game that I actually started playing with him on this PC. Um, 
I download it. So I've started this thing where I will go into Steam and see what all the new releases are. Mm-hmm. And there are a handful of times where they, they, there's a lot of free games that come out on Steam. So I've started playing some of those just to, uh, you know, get out of my comfort zone, play some new stuff. And one that I, I, I almost said bought, but it's free, uh, is this game called I Commissioned Some Bees. Okay. Uh, this dev is, who is this? This is Follow the Fun. And so basically this guy commissioned like 10 paintings, covered them in bees, and you just got to click through the bees. Huh. That's it. And he, so this was a free one. He's got some <laughs> other games that aren't free, like uh, I commissioned some cats, I commissioned some dogs. Same idea, just not bees anymore. Okay. So him and That's I cool. will come down. Gus and I will come down. I'll put the game on. Music's very good for a free game, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, hey, do you see any bees? I'll scroll in like, hey, do you see any bees here? And he'll point them out and I'll click them. And it's just a fun, good time together. Right. Otherwise. Yeah, that's cool. Otherwise, I'm trying to limit it. I don't want him to get too into it because I want him to form. Yeah. I want him to form his own hobbies. I don't want him to be like, be like, oh, dad does this. So I want to do this. Okay. I always thought it was weird. Like one of the most popular How I Met Your Mother episodes was the one where they're obsessed with showing their kids Star Wars. Uh-huh. I've just I've always been weirded out by that. Like, yeah, show them, but don't make it this. Don't force it on them. Like, because I feel like a lot of people who do that, they turn around and then when their kid comes back with uh, who's the who's the guy with the hat that kids like now, like Blinky or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. When the kids come back with that, the parent has no interest. So it's like, OK, you want them to like Luke Skywalker, but you can't shut up and enjoy bluey with them get the get the fuck out of here yeah yeah always hated that yeah no that's fair that's fair uh he'll probably he'll probably have a game console in his room i mean i remember growing up with a ps2 and a copy of ice city probably won't be anything like that but Mm -hmm. i mean i can't protect (laughs) him from everything so he's gonna play an m-rated game probably hide it under his mattress yeah the hard drive it it won't be a hard copy it'll be a hard drive (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's got Doom awesome. 2016 on here my god <laughs> this kid no my baby my baby <laughs> i like um, i really want to be involved in my child's process for picking their gamer tag because they used to be so permanent for us like i just want to just want to walk through it like hey you know this might be something people still call you when you turn 30. So, so what, is that, you think you'll still like purple castles? When, when <laughs> I was going to ask, is that the origin of Black Shinobi 956? No, my first gamer tag. So dumb. I, I misspelt. I misspelt it, right? Mm. I used to be into a style of music called hyphy music. Um, think E40, tell me when to go. I, okay. I know you know this, Nick. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was supposed to be Hyphy Rye because um, my real name is Ryan. Mm. And then the 956. I got the 956 from my wife. Uh, that's that's the number that her and her all her sisters use at the end of their gamer tags, right? So it was supposed to be Hyphy Rye 956, but I forgot the Y in Rye. So it was Hyphy R. And everybody just called me Heifer. Nobody really knew what to <laughs> really knew what to say. And it was like that until I created my gamer tag in like 2008. And it was like that all the way until like 2018. And I finally decided to change it. I like Naruto, so that's where the Shinobi comes from. 
matte black is my favorite color, so that's where the black came from. And then the nine five six at the end. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I like that. And you know, even though you, like the gamer tag had like the, the typo in it, like you just it's one of those things you kinda just embrace. You're like, eh, you know what, screw it. I, I am high for yeah, <laughs> 2008 to 2018. So you had it all the way from Gears 2 to Gears 5. That's that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy, man. Just right. thinking Ooh. like the fact that Gears of War 2 is 15 years old. Oh my god, I feel so old. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't have a perfect lead in for this one, but um do you have any hobbies outside of gaming? Absolutely. Um I guess the main one is game development. I do love game development. I do you do you want to know how I came to like game development because there's a story there too <laughs> was it is it the, does it involve the game jam stuff that you talk about or was that just something that came as, as a result of you getting into game dev uh the game jam came as a result of me getting into game development I, I would love to hear I would love to hear the inception okay um so back to Amway <laughs> my parents were <laughs> I was grounded um, so I wasn't supposed to be playing games on this particular day. My parents had an Amway conference out in Colorado Springs, which is an hour and a half away from where we were living. And so my mom tells me, don't play any games because you're grounded. Right. But I know I know the tricks that she uses. Like, I know she just she would leave like a piece of paper in the cabinet. And if the piece of paper was like moved um, she'd know that I had gone into the cabinet and played my games, right? And and then when she got home, she would, like, touch the back of the GameCube, see if it was hot, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I forgot about that. I could have... <laughs> <laughs> I could have absolutely gotten away with, like, playing... Uh, playing a couple of rounds of Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> <laughs> but... I, I spent like two hours just thinking like should I should I do this should I not do this and I decided not to and so instead I turned on the TV and I'm flipping through the channels and it was the first time that I came across a little channel called G4 hmm. and I don't remember what exactly it was on it was either X Play or it was E3 coverage but it was the first time I realized that like games are made by people. And there's a career around making games, right? Right. So I was, I believe I was 12 when that happened. And I didn't really do much until my junior year of high school. I had some extra time and I was like, I'm just going to figure out how to make a game. <laughs> and so the first <laughs> game I ever made was called Catch the Bear. And it was just a, a sprite of a little bear that would bounce around a picture of a sunset and you just had to click it, and every time you click it, it would get faster and faster until you couldn't click it anymore, and your high score was whatever your high score was. It only took me, like, maybe two hours, and I made it in a game engine that I don't even know what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was the first game that I made. Um, and from there, I went to college for computer sciences where I met a bunch of people who also wanted to make a game. And so... There was about, I'd say, like a six-year period of us just getting friends together and being like, let's make a game. And, of course, our ambitions were way too high. <laughs> <laughs> and the games never got made. And it was also like people were just figuring out, like, 
game development wasn't what they wanted to do. Like, they liked playing games, but they didn't like making games, right? Right. And so after after years of that, I eventually just decided, like, I'm just going to do this on my own um, and try to get as much experience as I can because I just enjoy doing it. And I think that was probably the best thing for me because it exposed me to the entire process of making games and it really just forced me to learn a lot more i was the i was the level design guy for the for the team and i was never really that good at making levels right (laughs) so so it forced me to just like get out of my comfort zone actually um try to design some gameplay mechanics and do stuff like that and i guess that i I had never actually put anything out that I had made. Um, I would always like, like there's a blog um, that I had made where I would just write about stuff that I was learning as I was making games, but I would never actually release anything that I made. Um, probably cause I just didn't think it was any good. So in 2022 last year, I decided to join uh, every year um, itch.io does a game jam called game off um, where you just have a month you have 31 days to make a game about a specific theme and the theme for that game jam was cliches right (laughs) that was like insanely difficult to come up with an idea for like of course they help you out they're like oh an example of a cliche is like a loose cannon. So you can make a game about a cannon that's on the loose, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I decided to focus on just the cliche from Resident Evil 4 of the merchant just always conveniently being there. <laughs> um, so I decided to make a, a short little level about a merchant that has to knock people out so he can go set up his shop. And then the protagonist would meet him there. All I got was uh, the merchant going through the level and knocking people out. And it is by no means, I would not call it a a good game, but it's a milestone for me. (laughs) Well, these are are 48 hours. You have 48 hours to make these, right? uh, This one was 30 days. 30 days. Okay. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like people, people made some really good games in... 30 days um that's just not where my skill level is right now i'm still learning a lot <laughs> so uh yeah because you have to actually release the game in order to complete the game jam that's the merchant is the first game that i've released and and, and it was called the merchant yep and it's on itch it's on itch you know uh, Black you know Shinobi i'm gonna play that. Five, six. you know Absolutely. i'm gonna play that right <laughs> go play it go play it it's uh it'll take you can speed run it you can beat it in like 10 seconds. <laughs> hey, you know but what? It was, uh, when I get ahead, when I get ahead. a shorter like these longer movies and these longer games, anytime I get a game that I can beat in like a few sit downs or a movie mm-hmm. I can watch in like less than 3 hours, well, I'm right. here for it. Right. I'm here for it 100%. Uh, right. I had a fall. So it it sounds like this is a a like it sounds like things like the game jam and the other events that you've been into are kind of like a smaller scale. Have you, have you seen the Psych Odyssey documentary, the Psychonauts 2 documentary that went up on YouTube back in like February? 
No, I haven't. So they had an event. But I'll watch it. I for, there's like 36 episodes, so just get ready. I, I watched. I think I watched like 33 of them before I like during. I was on. Uh, I was on paternity leave, and uh, I so I still need to go back and finish it. But there are these episodes where they take a break from whatever whatever games they're working on, and the whole the whole company gets together to uh, kind of do like a game jam. They'll make like four, they'll, everyone will pitch a game and the, the company will pick a game. Tim Schafer will pick a game. And then two are like the pick from fans. And mm-hmm. so they'll have four teams making these games. I think they have like a week or like two weeks to make them. And then they'll play them in front of Tim. Tim will give them notes. And I think they've started release. I wish I remembered what the name of it was. Uh, but they release them in like packs, I think, on Steam, and I've d- they do it every three years, I think. So like they had because so the, cool. the documentary follows them from before Psychonauts two was announced all the way up to release. So it's what is that six years, six year yeah. long documentary of them following uh, Double Fine around doing all that. If I can yeah. remember the name, I'll I'll send you a link to it, but. Uh, that that got me really that like that part of it got me really fascinated and like I know like you guys are doing it solo, but mm. like just seeing just seeing like all the work that goes into making these games like a fa- like a fast turnaround whereas like you know the normal the normal like cycle of making a game it could be you could be you start making something and then like three years out you're like okay it's coming out and then you've released. Suicide Squad when games as a service are dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, do, do you have any advice for anyone who is thinking about like, hey, I really like playing games. I'd really like to get into making them or anyone who's grounded from their games looking for something to do. Like, what, what would you say to someone who's thinking about getting into it? Any advice? Yeah. Um, I guess the main piece of advice would be just start because... Gaming as an industry is still the wild, wild west, right? Like, companies are still figuring out, like, what works, what turns out. Uh, we just figured out that crunch is terrible, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Shock and awe, right? But, like, you you go back and you read, like, Masters of Doom, and this dude is about to miss the birth of his first child just to put out the original doom. And it's like, yeah, that's just what we did, you know? (laughs) So, um, just, just, just start. Uh, don't worry about like picking an actual engine that, um, that other game developers use. If your skill level isn't, um, up to par with what's needed for unreal engine or unity, like don't don't worry about that. There's RPG Maker. There's plenty of engines that require no code, and just go make the simplest game that you can think of. Complexity kills projects when you're working on your own. So just start small, start simple, and just go for it. I hope that's good advice. No, that's that's great <laughs> advice. Uh, I think Media Molecule. Their uh, Dreams is still. I think they're shutting down Dreams, but Dreams is still out. So that's. I think that's mm-hmm. a like a like a good starter probably yeah what what, what, yeah. what what are your thoughts on things like dreams because i see them and i'm like yeah that's cool but i'm just gonna end up like making this thing that i'll play for two seconds and then never look at again <laughs> yeah i think uh it's hard for me to say 
Man, I'm trying to figure out how to say exactly what I want to say. I know, I know literally one person who's learned how to make, who's learned how to make music by using dreams, right? Really? And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure for that one person, dreams is totally worth it. And because of stories like that, that's what makes the, the platform intriguing, right? And so my general thought is if you're not like locked into something creatively, just try it. You know, some people's creative outlet is Minecraft, like, and <laughs> they make some amazing stuff in Minecraft. Like, you stick to Minecraft. It's, it's a good place to be if you're if you're happy and you're making stuff. I love that. I do have I do have a follow up on that. Do you have, do you have something that you've learned in your process throughout the games that you've made throughout um, anything that you've worked on? Uh, do you have any like thing that like? Now I'm now I'm trying to think how how I want to word this. Are there any misconceptions about game development that you're just tired of? That you're like, no, that's not how that works. Shut up. <laughs> sure, sure. That's that's a really good question. Um, I guess that kind of feeds into what is a game, right? <laughs> like, uh, when when you're small and you don't have amazing skills, making a game with like complex gameplay mechanics it's going to be really difficult so a lot of people a lot of developers will default to what i call walking simulators like it's it's really easy to make a horror walking simulator that's why there's so many of them right and yeah sometimes it gets annoying to see the genre go that way mm-hmm. but i'm also happy that people are able to whether it's just one guy or maybe it's like four people, um, they're, they're able to work on something that that they legitimately enjoy doing. And they're able to put it out and other people legitimately enjoy it. So how do I tie this back to... to <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess... I guess I would say like the definition of what is a game is is changing and it seems like a lot of people aren't really with it. Like I think back when we were growing up, Stardew Valley probably just wouldn't have been a thing. Like like the only like like um so so be kind to to game development teams when they make something that you're not exactly happy with. Now there's so many like politics that go into making a game. Uh, it's just easy for for stuff to end up like Suicide Squad ended up a, a game <laughs> as a service when games as a service are dead. Like that's that's an example of like corporations listening to trends that are kind of stale and expired and not really listening to the people that are playing games and making games. Um, but does that answer the question? Yeah. Hey, hey, rambled. you guys, you guys made all those Dark Knight games everybody liked. Do you guys want to make a Destiny influenced Suicide Squad game? <laughs> <laughs> we think it'll Destiny be perfect for it. But I, I think you're 100 percent right on Stardew Valley. I remember back when I was a kid, and I, I was I was an asshole, but like thinking like Animal Crossing, that's not a game. The Sims, that's not a game. That's like that's just something that you do. 
at, well, I mean, and it's all this stuff that you do, but just that weird gatekeeping of like, no, 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 not my yeah. games, not over here. And yeah. now I look at it and I'm like, Wordle's a fucking game. Get on in here, <laughs> <Right>. you guys. <laughs> Come on right. in. Water's right. fine. <laughs> I think I think the I think the bottom line of what I'm trying to get at here is um because gaming has expanded to reach newer audiences, newer crowds, uh, that just brings more money into the industry. Mm-hmm. And we keep hearing stories of crunch, stories of uh, games that we love getting canceled. Cough, cough, Titanfall 3. Cough, cough. Uh, <laughs> Scalebound. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, more, more money in the industry is only a good thing. So... Mm-hmm. Like, try not to gatekeep. Like, just if if a game's not for you, it's not for you, and that's fine. No one's gonna make you play it. Like, it's yeah, yeah. That's I think that's what I'm trying. I got to say. no. I got you. I and there and there's still plenty. Like, I, I think a pet peeve of mine is like I'll be on Twitter or I'll be on Reddit, and everyone will be like, "Gaming's just not as good as it used to be." And it's someone that's only played like Call of Duty for the last ten years, and it's like, dude, have you not played? Have you not played Undertale, Celeste? Like, have you not? Have you not like Dredge? Dredge, dude, have you not played Dredge? Like, come on, like, you're, t- you're telling me you met, you're done, you're upset because you've been playing Call of Duty for the last ten years and you're bored with it, and that there's no good games? Like, come on, bro, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know we've gone a little off. I know we've gone a little off script, so I apologize for that. That's but the, the the game dev stuff does excite me. It it's very. It's not every day you get to talk to someone who's doing the thing, man. Um, mm-hmm. I did. I know we're we're coming up close to time. I did want to ask you about your trip to Japan. Um, the highlights, like the things that you were, like remember the most from the trip, things that'll stick with you forever from the trip. Whatever you want to talk about. This is Japan hour right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, I guess the first thing I'd say is Japan is wonderful. Um, The biggest concern that I hear from people who, like, want to go, but, like, something's holding them back is food. Like, they they don't do well with sushi or... Uh, they don't do well with Japanese food in general. Uh, I'm here to tell you that Japan is set up exactly like America. There's there's Italian, there's there's Mexican food, there's uh, Chinese food. There's so much food, and it's all good. So <laughs> so if that's what if that's what's stopping you from going to Japan, go now. All right, my, I'm back my, in. I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> my my highlights. Um, I I'm not really into like touristy stuff. So the stuff that I enjoy is just trying to do what the locals do, trying to live how the locals live. So I got I was just happy like riding public transit. <laughs> like riding buses in Kyoto is just the the coolest thing ever. Like sure, it's it's hard to get used to at first, but it was a lot of fun. Um Visiting supermarkets, their supermarkets are so cool. (laughs) (laughs) In what what way are they just like, are they compact? Like everything like is like pretty bunched up or? Everything is way cleaner out there and everything (laughs) is just much more organized. So much so that like there's a lot of people 
doing jobs that I would say are useless, right? Like every every parking garage has a guy that just waits and stops people from crossing the street to let cars out or in. Like you don't need that. Like, <laughs> I love this guy. I want like we we need that over here. <laughs> I can think of a few parking garages where I'm like, we need someone stopping these cars. <laughs> right. And and they the cool thing is they take the job so seriously. Like they will not be on their phones. They are alert and paying attention for just eight hours. Right. That was that was cool to see. But the supermarkets, um, because of because of the cleanliness and the organization, everything just looks visually appealing um and then on on the tech side we went into a couple where you walk into the store you grab like a little phone and you put it on your cart and as you're going you just use your phone to scan all the groceries that you're getting and then when you go up to checkout you just scan the phone on the on the cash register and then you pay and then you leave. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that was just neat. That was just that's, really neat. They, do they have a person that like stops you like, hey, you need to like pay? Like I see your phone, I see you've got a hundred dollars in groceries, let's pay up. Like not in the way that like Ross has a loss prevention person standing at the front of the store. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like like I don't know, their society is so polite and trusting that I think everybody just like everybody was just going to the self-checkout and doing it like they, sure there was a person there but they weren't like watching to make sure people paid they were just there if people needed help like, yeah it's self <laughs> it's self-checkout it's like oh hey your your shit's broken let me help you yeah yeah so that was neat I did the the craziest thing was we visited a church out there and there happened to be two people that like lived 10 minutes away from me in Colorado uh that were there at the same time so we made like new friends through that like, like that was what the right right like what are the odds what are the odds <laughs> it's it's crazy how that happens i not not to digress too long but i a lot of the friends i made in college were people who lived 10 minutes away from where i was like where i was before i moved to college <laughs> yeah it's insane <laughs> the coincidences but um and then like i feel like japan is associated with anime which mm -hmm. even though anime is much cooler now than it used to be it still weirds a lot of people out but there's so much more to the cities and the culture than just anime. Like, anime is everywhere, but people are into a lot of stuff out there. And there's a lot of things to do out there that don't involve anime. So if that's if that's another thing that's stopping people from from making the trip, like, going to Japan just for anime would be the equivalent of like coming to Colorado just for the plains. Like you're not even going to see the mountains. Like, <laughs> like you're not even going to see. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, it's like going to Colorado yeah. just for the weed culture. Yeah. That's a much better. <laughs> like so, there's so much, Hey, you know, Hey, we've got the Denver nuggets. Hey, we've got all these other things here in Colorado going on. I love that. I just named one example and now I'm blanking on Colorado. <laughs> We, we've got skiing we've got hiking we've got mountain climbing. like yeah like yeah exactly exactly 
<laughs> and it's legal like um, in all these other states now, so it's like, hey, we were the first, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess stuff that surprised me there. Um, a lot of people say that Japan is rude towards foreigners. Um, or or people will call Japan racist. And I've I've heard stories of like people trying to go into a bar, but the bar doesn't allow foreigners, right? Um, because of America's history, like when we when we hear about racism, we think like like pitchforks and, and lynch mobs, right? Mm-hmm. But out there, they're so polite about everything. <laughs> That like if you're if you're bothering people on public transport, like people are just gonna like look at you funny and then ignore you. Um and if you're if you're denied service somewhere, it's not like a oh get out of here, we hate you. It's like a I'm sorry the rules are what they are, but there's this other place that's like actually better than this place. You should you should go there. Right. That's so weird customer service, but it's so polite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very confusing. And and from what I saw, as long as you just do your best to behave like they behave, you're not gonna have any issues, and everybody's gonna be really nice to you. Mm-hmm. Like the the foreigners, well, yeah, the foreigners, because there's a lot of Americans, uh, Europeans. Yeah, Americans and Europeans. Like, if they were loud on the train, people would get visi- visibly frustrated and upset. But me, I'm like, I'm six foot two. I'm a little intimidating. <laughs> they they treated me so politely because I just did what they did. I, I offered my seat to the older people. I If I had to talk to my wife on the train, it was always a whisper. Like, I wasn't making any noise. I wasn't bumping into people. So, yeah. Um, you didn't have your, your music playing on speakerphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man. I, the self-awareness. Just just be self-aware. That's all. That's yeah. all. <laughs> you know, don't be a dick and just be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I guess if I got into the things that, I, that surprised me, um, that I maybe disliked a little bit, uh, everybody there seems tired and lonely and i think it's because of the way that their work yeah actually in talking to the locals there they they confirmed that it's it's the way that their work culture is like the idea of work-life balance just isn't a thing out there yet and so people spend more than eight hours a day working and then they got to come home and take care of their parents and then whatever time is left is for them. And so the birth rate is incredibly low out there. Um, people aren't really even thinking about kids. Everybody has cats and dogs. And, like, their cats and dogs are, like, royalty. Like, I think I only saw two dogs that didn't have shirts and pants. <laughs> and, I saw, and I saw a lot of dogs out there. But... Well, it's funny because I think what what was it? It was like a yakuza game or a judgment game that kind of touches on touches on the birth rate issue and um, the the aging generation that's aging out of the workforce and how they're kind of they have that dilemma and then the work like you said the work culture is very nine to five you love to work this is you this is what you do and mm-hmm. 
it's funny because you you have that, and then people look at us here in America, and we're just we're lazy. We're lazy. Yeah. We want to we we want to get in a union. <laughs> we want we want all these things. We're working towards a better work life culture, but at the end of the day, we're seen as lazy. So it, it's kind of yeah. it's weird seeing the two sides of the coin, and mm-hmm. just seeing seeing the downside of both sides and the upside of both sides. Yeah, because I mean, like. At least on the software engineering side of things, um, America, with all its, uh, with the way that we treat our employees, you would think we wouldn't be as productive as other countries. Mm-hmm. But uh, the best design software still comes out of the states, you know. So <laughs> I do think, I do think there's a thing to like. Turns out when you treat your employees well, they. <laughs> They work better. They yeah. want to. <laughs> loyalty, I, at least here, loyalty is dead. Like the the last place I just left, I'm just like, I buy, and they're like, well, yeah, see ya. Like it was a very non ceremonious. Like, sucks that you're leaving, bro. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I do wonder, like Japan's work culture. I wonder, like you mentioned that it, they they're they're a little downtrodden. They're sad. But I wonder if it's a little more peaceful because you kind of like you find meaning in the work. And but here, like, it's hard to find it because, you know, you're kind of trying to work up, work up on your uh, what is that? The hierarchy of needs. And you're just sitting here at the bottom trying to get the basic necessities. So I do. I do wonder if there's a little more a little more happiness there compared to here, because right right now it it feels dread like you got the writer strike. um, Mm hmm go WGA uh you got everything that's going on I mean every other day you hear about some other I I think a strip club in LA just unionized and so you just hear it's hard out here for everyone and you're just like are we gonna are we gonna round the corner are we gonna get back to a place where like we all want to like we all get into the office we're getting paid Mm -hmm. a fair wage and Mm -hmm. we're actually you know finding meaning in our work because I know in its current state it's kind of hard to find that meaning yeah um from from the people that i talked to there money is also an Mm. issue like Mm. even worse than here like a guy who does the same job as me makes a fourth of what i make out there and he's been doing it for twice as long as me so like climbing (laughs) climbing the ladder is uh seems to be like not not great there either like bonuses and raises seem to be from the small sample size that I talked to, um, bonuses and raises like weren't really like a thing that a lot of employees were getting. But I do also like to bring it all back to games. Um, the hey. gaming industry <laughs> is working on unionizing because, like, talk about an industry that just lacks stability. Like, com- gaming companies are constantly ballooning and hiring a bunch of people to help release a project and once that project gets released and it's stable they just lay off a ton of people and people are finally getting tired of it so i do think on the horizon there is hope maybe it's just because i'm an optimist (laughs) (laughs) but i do think that like hey unions do work um and the fact that we can get enough people together to to create a union for an industry that we we both adore you know, like it, it it means that stuff will change eventually. I, I look I look forward to it just because I know 
like looking at it from not only not only the game development standpoint, but looking at it from like the game's journalism standpoint, you see you see a lot of like companies like trimming or just outright going out of business. I know uh, Vice and Waypoint are on their way out here in the f- next few weeks. Uh, other po- other like gaming podcasts have made had to make cuts to like keep going. And hey, we're we're self financed here at Smashing Game Time. But <laughs> I look at that and I'm like, man, like it's almost like it's it's almost like it's becoming a hobby again. <laughs> and you you kind of you kind of see it giving give way to like the more of the personality side. And then mm-hmm. you you just kind of like oh like because you know like the personality side feels more like advertisement than anything else, so yeah. it, it sucks because uh, two two of my passions are gaming and journalism, and it's really hard to make a living in either of those fields right now. Uh, but my my heart goes out to anyone that's struggling in that field right now or just gone through a recent layoff. Uh, I know we're getting close; we're just about out of time, but um. On your way out, do you have anything you want to recommend? Any cool thing? I know a lot of a lot of podcasts do cool things at the end. Is there anything that you want to recommend to folks, or uh, anything from you that we can check out? Anything you want to plug? Okay, so okay, we can start. We can start a cool thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you start a cool maybe, thing. Maybe, uh, maybe we should. Hmm. I'm not trying to have too much dead air here while I'm thinking. Hey, we edit uh, that dead air out. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it. I'm tempted to to do something with video game soundtracks. Like what's 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 your favorite video game soundtrack? Like what's mine? Yeah. Ooh, there there are a lot. I do think the Hades one is one that always comes to the top of my mind. Okay. Mine would have to be, and I I might get killed for this. I might get laughed at for this, but Sonic Adventure Two, baby. It's stuck Rolling in your head. around you at the speed of sound. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know how like in in Fahrenheit four fifty one, where mm-hmm. there are people who are in charge of like remembering part of the Bible and all these different works. If we ever get to that point, <laughs> you're the Sonic Adventures Two soundtrack guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, uh Nick, thanks for having me on. Um as always, I'm Black Shinobi956 on Twitch and YouTube. That's where I'm most active. Right now I'm doing a devlog a week where I just talk about what I learned in game dev and show progress on things that I'm working on. Um right now I'm working on a movement system. Turns out vaulting is way harder than <laughs> than I ever imagined. But I'm going to take this movement system and I'm going to make a a Ninja Warrior style optical course and see if my movement system can stand up to the test of the obstacle force. So if if that sounds interesting to you, hey, give me a follow. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, check out everybody, check out Black Shinobi 956 Twitch. He's got a YouTube. Uh you're on TikTok, right? Or are you taking a break from TikTok? I'm I'm on there, but I'm not like on there, you know. On there, I, I, I hear that. I, I'm on there one week and then I'm off there for like two weeks. I hear that. Yeah, <clears> yeah. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. I hope we get to do this again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, man. <laughs>